Visa, what does the CLE mean? Centrale. Centrale. Okay, we're going Centrale, are we? We are going Centrale, Rob, yes. That's, well, where, that's even where we're staying in Treviso. Welcome along to Craggy Island Rugby. It's the Treviso edition. It's 19 degrees. I'm sorry, folks. I had to say it. Yeah, there isn't a cloud in the sky. It's, am- it's amazing. It's, it's, it's a funny blue colour. There's no white. It's just blue. It's a warm breeze. A warm breeze, indeed. It's a quiet afternoon here in Venice Maestre. This train's moving very slowly. I hope it goes a bit quicker when we get on it, but he, he is chuggling in. Yes. Big, big thanks to Alice from somewhere near Drogheda who helped us out. She's on a wine tour in Verona. She kind of made sure we got tickets and knew a bit of Italian. So, she knew, knows a lot of Italian, yeah, which is very big fluent. It's one of these double-decker trains, even better. Upstairs, we're going upstairs. Might see some of Venice. We're getting on the train. How long to kick off? is in 6 hours and 31 minutes ok you'll hear from us in a wee while set to see part 2 we're in Treviso we've just had a nice pizza yeah it's wonderful sitting outside clear blue sky 20 degrees warm breeze ah it's fantastic Sure, it's like that at home. I'm sure it's like that at home. I mean, as I said to you, I think this is just summer sweeping across Europe as we speak. We're just a couple of days ahead of everyone. Yeah, guaranteed, Rob. Guaranteed. We we know it's coming. It's going to be there for three months. Unbroken sunshine. Unbroken. How are we looking forward to the game? What are you predicting? I'm predicting Connacht win. I think there's a very good chance to get a bonus point. We're going to have to play well. But the side we've selected is maybe... I would say controversial. It's maybe surprised people, but these guys are bottom of the league, and you've, we're top of the league, and that's what you bring into the game. Um, not sure how much they have to play for. So, looking forward to it. It's going to be an interest, maybe a more interesting game with our selection than we originally thought. We're getting music here, and what is looks a bit like a mini shop street here. Welcome to the Stadio di Monigo here in Treviso. William Davis. I'm Rob Murphy. We didn't introduce ourselves at the start of the podcast, but by this stage, surely everyone knows us. Welcome, you listeners. <laughs> Good evening, Rob. Yeah, all settled in here. We're here very early. Uh, Use it again, William. Um, yeah, not quite like the Monster match at the sports ground, but there must be ten people out there waiting. And they're genuinely queuing. I just, I'm factually correct in my statement. Italians have a strange uh, way of queuing, actually, as I found out this morning. Um, it doesn't involve much order. Uh, b- beautiful sunny evening here. We can see the Dolomite Mountains away to one end of the ground, uh, the border between Italy and Austria. It's pleasantly warm. Uh, just been talking to Jimmy Duffy, and he said the pitch is very firm, but it could possibly have done with another cut of grass. It looks, um, it's a bit, li- bit like a horse that's uh, in its winter coat. Half time here in Stadio Monigo, and I'm just trying to see if I can get my levels down a bit because this uh, stadium announcer is loud. Lily McKenzie's joined us in the podcast. I've come over here to ask you some questions because I really don't know what's going on at it's all. Crazy, crazy game. Here's the stat Fiuncar has made 114 metres off four runs in this first half. That's just one wacky stat in a half that was pretty wacky. 
I think what is wacky is that after such a brilliant opening 14 minutes, it's all just gone to pieces for Connacht. And we all we all knew that that Treviso, if they got a sniff of anything, was going to you know they 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 really improve. They get you know they 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 change their whole mentality, and they could have had they could have gone into the half ahead had they taken their points and taken yeah. that penalty. Yeah. And they were very unlucky not to score a try there because it was a huge overlap. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's just it's really all the structure or lack of structures um, and this loose play that is that's really killing. Connors, and I think maybe they just need to get back to you know, back to their stru- a little bit more structured play. William, we'll continue to try and compete with the noise just to get your thoughts on the first half. Very disjointed. Players almost playing individual games and, and, and not as part of a team structure. Uh, just inaccurate at times. Uh, when you're 14-0 up, you need to be able to just close those situations down and give the opposition absolutely nothing. Fair play to Treviso. They've actually come back and they've given it a go. I suppose they'd no other option. Uh, but they're not a particularly accurate uh, outfit either. And they showed that right at the end because they just butchered uh, a move that should have been in under the post for a try. Well... I guess the bench are going to be vital, Lindley. They're going to have to turn this game around. Oh, absolutely. I think we'll see um, those experienced hands coming in. I think particularly maybe the backline defence and, and the midfield. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure when Rob, Peter Rob and Roy Parata last played together. And then you've also got Fionn Carr in there. Turnin is obviously just back after a couple of weeks off. And also Jack Carty. So I just think that combination, they haven't played for so long together that I do think it's affecting them. Bodie, you'll take a one-point win now in, in this game and no bonus points just to get out of here, wouldn't you? One-point win with a bonus point would be just grand. I mean, the, the win structure is irrelevant. It's just about winning. Yeah, no, I'm saying, Bodie, you take one without a bonus point. Oh, yeah, yeah, you would, but... The, the, I still think they'll get that because I think they will tighten up and I think they they might start to get a bit tired. What we need to do is make sure that they get nothing for the first 10 minutes of the half. Give them absolutely nothing. William, I don't even know if we're going to use this because maybe it's a bit raw, but I'm going to try and keep a, a lid on it a little bit. And I'm saying this with a lid on. That was absolute nonsense from Connick. That was, that, was, that was a mess. That was an absolute mess at the end. They had so many chances to put away a very brave but essentially very, very poor side. It's happened a few times this season. It happened in Brave. It's sort of semi-happened in Grenoble, although they were a much better side. But we just didn't seem to know how to win that game. We probably won every single statistic. Um, and the scrum came under one more phase of play get the ball down into their 22 you get your four points and you go home it's hard to pick on a young lad but Keelan Blade big forward pass and they mullered us at the scrum they got the penalty and you give a guy a chance to kick it and he kicked it it was a great kick it only just got over the bar but not a breath of wind he nailed it um for a team to come here as league leaders 
to play the bottom of the table that's that to me is, is, is an unacceptable from, from the 57 minute we were saying Treviso were out on their feet every attack they did from there to the end ended in knock on sloppy passes because they don't have the skill set they have the forwards they have the courage they're a great out bunch of lads and they're trying they don't have the skill set they don't have the skill set I mean they were reduced in the end to actually just hoofing the ball down the pitch I think they were so tired they just thought well we'll try that for a tactic they gave us countless opportunities to, to finish the game off, mostly through bits of individual skill. Connacht really played tonight. It was one-up rugby. Different players going off in little tangents. And some of it was really, really good. Some of it wasn't. But as, as a collective, that was a failure. Yeah. And if we talk about bigger picture now, we'll just be very negative. So we'll take a breath. Here's the Treviso team being received by their fans. Okay, so it's post-game. We are still in Stadio Monigo. I've done the interviews, which you're, I'm going to introduce in a couple of minutes' time. We'll bring Lindley back in when she files her report. William Davis is still with me. You won't mind me saying you've lit up a cigarette? I have. Uh, I'm having a cigarette and a bottle of water to uh, contemplate, I think, that one. Yeah, and we're having lag of Lagavulin later, and it's not going to be whiskey pouring because we don't even want to talk about it we're just going to drink it uh, Alan Deegan is on Skype just to because like Alan we just needed to know what you thought of that a bit disappointed if you look at the stats and you look at how how much like it was 50-50 possession and territory but if you look at the metres that, that's um, the, the comment run and you look at some of the, the personal stats that we have out there you know to, to control the game as much as we should have done to run 604 metres uh, as against 422 604 in the end you know yeah, 6 4 in the end, 13 line breaks, 22 defenders beaten. Whew. But you make you make 18, you can see the ball 18 times, but more importantly, the most important thing was that the scrum was in trouble from the very start. As soon as Rodney Ayew was on, and I don't care whether people say you shouldn't pick on players, he was getting mullered. Lockney went off because he was under so much pressure, because Rodney was under so much pressure, it was coming back on him. Um, and Rodney should have been the one that went off, not not Lockney. I know Lockney was under, under pressure, but I think Rodney should have come off first. Now I know JP didn't do a, a massive amount at the end, but like the whole thing was not to give them opportunities to scrummage against us. And we gave them opportunities, especially at the end. It was unbelievably disappointed in the end that we just didn't put the ball down the field. I think this we game... We have the ball that we're never going to score. The game comes down to the end, doesn't it? William first. It comes down to that last sequence of play. The fact that Treviso were tired for 20 minutes. They didn't look like they could score. They butchered how many chances, especially right at the end. We get a penalty. We have 30, 60 seconds left. We're a top four side. What's going on? Uh, I, I don't know. I, you, the, the thought process there, to me, was very odd. You, you win the line out, and the first thing you do is you kick it. I'm sorry, you just kick it. You get it down into their 22. The clock is going to go. They are not going to go from their own line to score a try or even get up the pitch Caelan Blade went on a run it's, again I, I don't like picking on individuals but he went they went to win the game to get a bonus point they had the game won and it was a bad forward pass and they got the scrum and they had killed us all night and it was like breathe Slanekli all over again you could see it happening in Glasgow you could see it happening in slow motion and Fair play. They they absolutely hammered us. They got the penalty and they kicked it. And that's what you have to do. They took they took the one chance that they got to win the game. Alan, why why is the top four side 
losing games like this? Because we made 10 changes and, and our, our playing guys who haven't played in a while just to get them game time um, and didn't, didn't have quite enough leadership on the field um, from the start and, and, and maybe just, you know, there's an element of we didn't need it as much as they did. You know, that was that was part of the deal, that, that they needed to win that game to have any chance of playing Eiding Cup rugby next year or Championship rugby next year. We didn't. We just needed the points. We got what we wanted, they what they wanted. I, I disagree with you a little bit, just because I just didn't get any sense that Treviso were playing for something that was their, on their lives. Like I didn't get that sense. I, I got a disjointed sense from Treviso. I got a sense that they wanted to win the game. But like to be honest, I think they would have been just as passionate on day one of the season in that game. I, I you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, just as a counterpoint to it. Like I really just think they were out, out on their feet at the end, and we just gave them a chance. Now the the only place they dominated was in the scrum, and they just needed to get us in a scrummaging situation. Yeah, like we were well able to handle them in the backs. We were able to, you know, they, they, they didn't pose any major threat there, um, and they just needed to get us into a scrummaging situation. And, and you know, that's what they got. They were four to one to win that game at home. Four to one. Wow. Right. And they won it. Yeah, even if you look again at the, the last play, which is 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 the crucial play of the game. If we had kicked it down into their 22 and they would have had a line-out, it's quite possible they would have stuffed that up and we would have still got our fourth try. But to try to make a move from there, you could just see it going wrong. And it went badly wrong, and that's that's down to decision-making and an ethos, and they have to look at it. Um, but I'm afraid they, they, that, that was a... I wouldn't say it was a catastrophic performance because it's been such a good season, but... Wait, you're the league leaders and you have to come with a certain swagger and we didn't produce that we were never on our game this evening we were we, we started slowly and then we we were 14 nil up and again when you you know you're 14 nil up you should just put these guys yeah. to bed imagine if someone said connect with a 14 point advantage how will they do against treviso uh, lose by point i don't think so uh, but they did okay here's uh, pat lamb afterwards and we'll come back to alan so he doesn't have to end this podcast feeling all miserable see if we can get a positive slam we're going to work really hard for the next couple of minutes to try and get a positive slant here's pat lamb pat first question is, is simply just to try and put that into words that defeat yeah, I mean, obviously, very disappointed with the outcome. I think, uh, you know, it was a game, the whole change room is pretty gutted because it's a game that we, we probably blew. Uh, we know we did the outcome. Um, and, uh, you know, we had, we had real control at 14 nil, And then, um, you know, we I think we got penalised at a scrum. We uh, we missed uh, a tackle at the, the you know, the, off the resulting line-out after defending the moor. And, uh, you know, the back end, there was a lot of end-to-end stuff, um, mainly on the back of us losing the ball and not keeping the ball. Then they had a crack. And, um, you know, and, and we, we blew so many opportunities to finish that game off. And, you know, at the end there, obviously, the, the, last, uh, the last play of the game and, you know, we probably it was our own fault again for not nailing that. Uh, you know, the the, the lineout, um, you know, the, the play that we tried off the lineout, and gave them that opportunity. And then, as soon as that happened, I said, "Well, they'll, they'll scrum here for a penalty," and then they got it. And um, so, you know, bitterly disappointed. You know, we acknowledge we're in the semi-final, but that's all outcome stuff. I think the number one thing when we look at our performance, uh, while there's some good stuff, there's a lot of learnings and. 
we're all determined now to uh, uh, get back, uh, recover out of this game, get the whole squad and, and have a really good week into what is a massive game. That's as down as I've seen the players for quite a while. Obviously, they, not, they haven't lost a lot of games recently, but they really did seem really down with that defeat. Yeah, it is. They are. We, we, we bitterly disappointed because uh, it's pretty obvious. I mean, you know, even the, the Teresa coach came out and said, oh, look, six, we're lucky to get there. And I said, well, no, fair play to you. You know, you guys worked hard for that. And we uh, well, we just know we coughed up so many chances. And, um, and but we'll, you know, we again, we've always we've been in these situations before. And, we, and while we, you know, we'll, we'll, um, we don't like being in them, we have to take the learnings. And um, it's, we're going to have to use that as motivation in our, in our whole preparation for this week for Glasgow. There'll be an overview that the top four sides shouldn't lose a game like that. No, of course, of course, but it happens in sport. You know, it happens in sport if you don't, if you don't nail it. There's no doubt. You know, we had so many chances, and if you're not right and you don't put them away, and then you know, and we gave them, a, we kept them in the game. They're out on their feet at times. Uh, but, you know, last pass, um, you know, turning ball over when we could walk a tries in and uh, put the game away, and we we almost did that. Was you know, I think it was right on the line here, and unfortunately, you know, we got penalised or. We didn't get the penalty when they were all over the ball, but those are things that we have to live with and um, and take the learning out of. We had similar feel to the brief defeat earlier in the year. Connick bounced back quite well to beat Scarlets a couple of weeks later. You got to bounce back in eight days. Now. Yeah, we do. We do. I mean, now you know there's um, uh, eight teams to finish this uh, this weekend. Uh, uh, sorry, next week. We know for sure now that we've uh, we've uh, got a big game on our last round, and we know. Uh, you know, we've got top six, we had semi-final, and now it probably hasn't changed. It's just a straight shootout for um, that playoff game. So nothing's changed there. I think the biggest thing is that we've got to step up our performance and, and obviously get back, bring the whole squad together, and and uh, you know, and select the the best possible team. Just finally, I mean, targets. No one can in any way could have dreamt of a, a playoff semi-final as well as qualifying for the Champions Cup. It's been a great season, but is there a danger if that kind of performance creeps into the last two games as well? That it could take a huge gloss off. Well, I can tell, well, without a doubt, we know that. But I can tell you now that won't that won't creep in. I think um, you know we're uh, uh, you know we'll use it as motivation. We'll get back, and uh, we, we we have a lot of pride in what we do, and uh, that's why we're bitterly disappointed because uh, you know there's some really good bit, bit of rugby, but there's some bits that we're you know we're not too happy about, and we'll have to learn from that and go through. So I think if that was our last game of the season, uh, you know that would be a killer. But now we're um, you know, we, we, we go back, we've ticked off the box of semi, and now we, the home semi's not lost. We win next week, we've uh, got a home semi. All right, that was the voice of Pat Lamb there. You know, defiant that there's no way they're going to perform like that again when I suggested that it could take the gloss off, some of the gloss off this great season if Connick finished the season playing performances like that. But so, so definitive in that. Alan, this is straight after the game. How do we, right now try and put a bit of perspective on that we know we'll probably have on Monday. Is there a perspective? Will we still be as angry next week? Alan's gone. How about I dial him on Skype and you you chat with him? Oh, <laughs> well, thanks for handing me that uh, hospital pass, Rob. Um, it's where it's live radio. It's a podcast. We could just pause, but carry on. Uh, putting a perspective on that, they aren't going to have a lot of time to do that. Um... I think it's something they might look at almost in the future because there's been too many of these failures to close out games this season. Big lead in Grenoble. Uh, I'm not even going to mention the other games, but people are sick of me talking about them. But if you want to be 
the top banana, or to use you know one of those awful expressions, you have to you have to know how to win a game like this when you're 14 nil up. You just have to do it. Yeah. And it's okay saying it's young players and they won't play as badly again, but it's it's butchered the chance that was there. I think for a home semi, I, I can't see how that happens. I'm sure it can still be done, and that's what they'll be aiming for, but. Overall, that was just very, very poor, and it does. Le- you, you kind of feel you've got a mountain to climb. But look, next Saturday afternoon, you're going to be in a packed sports ground. It's a whole different ball game. They'll have to just leave this behind. But it's something for the future. They'll have to look at this game management at the end of games, making the correct decisions, knowing what to do, is one thing. But actually doing it's another thing. All right, we have Lindy coming up. We have more thoughts as well from ourselves. I'm going to give Alan one more attempt on the call. And you know what we'll do? You know what we'll do? We'll listen to Tom McCartney, who I talked to afterwards. So here's Tom McCartney talking to me after a really bad night in Treviso. Tom, I know it's always pro- you're always proud when you're Captain Connacht. Uh, tonight must have been such a challenge for you because the game had so many peaks and troughs. A great start, and then it started to slip away. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll look back on it, and it's obviously going to be very disappointing going through the review. Uh, you know, we, we got, as you said, got off to a great start, and um, unfortunately, uh, probably through our scrum in, that, in that's the, that second 20, we let them back into the game, and then they're into the corner with a penalty, and, um, you know, the crowd gets behind them, and they're very passionate, and they get a bit of a roll-on. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's very disappointing, and, um, you know, the good thing is we can uh, we can go back and look at it and, and tidy those areas up. I think you made close to 500 metres in gains during the game. Does that in, a, in some way give, settle you too much, give you a sense that you're in total control when, when you're not on the scoreboard? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's no point in running um, running the length of the, almost the length of the field and then uh, and then turning the ball over and then you're back down the other end. Uh, so, <laughs> um, you know, it's good that we're creating the opportunities and uh, we just need to be more clinical and finish them off. That try from Peter Rob, though, you must have thought you were going to kick on and win the game then. Uh, we got off to a good start, and um, you know it was. A, you, you just got to stick on process. It was pretty early in the game then when we were out to fourteen 0 I think it was, and uh, you know it's um, it's an eighty-minute game, and unfortunately we let them straight back in it off the off the kickoff, and um, you know once they once I'm, once they're still in the game, then they're very passionate people, and, and they keep playing um, right to the end. So. That's what happened. Yeah, you had chances, though. It looked like they had blown their chance, especially when you got, got out of trouble on the edge of your 22. You're nearly probably breathing a sigh of, sigh of relief at that point. Like. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, I mean, the game's not over till it's over, and mm. uh, unfortunately, um, as I said before, we didn't we didn't execute properly off, um, off the line-out, and uh, they get a scrum and, you know... Uh, front row in the in the tight five, the whole, the whole pack will have to have a really good look at the scrum, and... Um, and uh, have a little look in the mirror because uh, we really let the team down there tonight. Six brilliant wins and seven coming into this. This game seems so far off the pace of what you've been at before that. Well, I suppose that just shows that uh, if any, anywhere you go, um, you go away to a team like Treviso, they had a lot to play for. Um, and if you're, if you're not there 100%, then um, any team in this competition can turn you over. So, uh, you know, there's learnings to take from that. Um, 
we've got no choice but to, to have a really good look at it and, and learn from it and learn quickly and it's on to a, another massive game next week. Because of the work that you've done in these last uh, six or seven weeks, one point win over Glasgow still gets you home semi-final so you can get back on track I suppose from that point of view. Yeah, I mean we're, we've, we've done some really good things this year and um, you know, obviously today was uh, bitterly disappointing but you don't turn into a, a bad football team overnight so uh, we'll go back and review it and then we'll pick ourselves up and uh, We've got to put it behind us and then it's all guns blazing for Glasgow. Right, that's Tom McCartney. Alan's back online on old-style mobile phone line. I just want to give you a chance to give a final perspective on that, Alan, before we chat to you next week after the Glasgow game. But uh, William's final pers- or William's kind of uh, bit of perspective on it is that maybe you need to separate some of these one-point defeats into a review for end of season towards next year and kind of park it for now. Is that how we move on? Is that how, is that? Are we going to be feeling better on Monday or Tuesday yeah, next week? Like, yeah, I think we will. I think you know. I was worried all week, and people were sort of laughing at me, saying, "Oh, there's no way we're going to lose this game." And I was, you know, I tweeted about the fact that we don't do that well under Mr. Fitzgibbon, but there was no way he was at fault tonight. Um, you know, playing away from home against Treviso, who invariably played well for the last game of the season, um, and the fact that we've made ten changes, and you've, you know, you've got a, a centre partnership of. You know, to the 21-year-old, 23-year-old, one of them just straight back from injury. You've got Taylor coming back from injury. You've got Cardi coming back from injury. You have McGinty coming back from injury. You can't have that many guys coming back and expect to win a game. Um, and I thought we did them brilliantly well to, to, to have the game won. And we had the game won at least three times. If passes had gone to hand in the last few minutes, the game would have been over. If we kicked the penalty instead of going for the bonus point, you know, it wouldn't have mattered. We'll uh, talk about we that later, so, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to be too disappointed. I'm annoyed, but not overly disappointed because we got the point we needed to make it into the, the semi-finals and we were going to have to win next week anyway. So I'm here with Lindley McKenzie. We talk about the thoughts in the game, right? But right now the Conic bus is trying to get out of the car park and it's too heavy and it's hitting the curb. <laughs> it says something about the way this game went tonight, doesn't it? That the Conic bus are trying to exit Treviso, the Treviso ground. And the, the simple matter of fact is is that they're too heavy. Way down it's by weight, bag it's weight. rugby players. Correct, and they can't get out the dip in, 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 the, in the drive there. And the, taxi, uh, the, the bus driver's got off several times to have a look, but he hasn't kind of figured out that possibly that they, maybe if the players got off the bus... Wait, just first. <laughs> There's a big drop-off as they drive out yes. onto the yes. foot, off the footpath onto their road from through the gates, and the bus is so low down... He's already scraped the bottom of it a couple of times. Brand new fancy bus as well. It's a, it's a very nice bus, actually. Mm. And it is very colourful as well. Yeah. Ooh. Sums up the night, really. It does. We were dragged down to the ground, yeah. basically. Scrappy. Not good. Disjointed. Disjointed. I nearly say a mess. Unstructured. Bit yeah. of a mess. I mean, sometimes we were fluidly brilliant. No, there was some good... There was some definitely... Yeah. And, and particularly, you know, and I have to give credit to the old heavyweights who came on, like, you know, Robbie Henshaw, a, a, um, Ash McGinty. They certainly, there seemed to be a, a better, much better buzz about that. It changed things. It certainly yeah. changed the attack. But unfortunately, it, it just wasn't enough because when it came down to it, they didn't execute properly. And that last penalty was a, a simple error in execution. And, you know, it gave them the platform. And that was hey, the platform the, they needed. The drama isn't finished here. William Davis has joined us. William, do you realise the Connick bus is having trouble leaving the car park? 
it's scraped the ground twice. I'm going to update William. It, it's sitting here now. Twice it's tried to go out, but it's so heavy that the gr- it scraped the curve. So he's had to reverse back. And now he's just sitting there. I don't know whether he's hoping that the ground's going to get smaller before he goes out. And I'm not even on it? You're not on it? No? Maybe they're well, going to get Rodney off. Well, they're going to have to... I think get off and push. I think they're going to have to get the entire rugby team off and some of their bags get out of the uh, Theresa ground to get out. Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll stay on that, but... Okay, let me try this again, because I'm getting distracted by the bus driver. Don't, oh, here we go. The bus is going. He's having a real go for it. He's just, he's just going. Oh, he's got some guys to stand up. Is, is that helping? They've moved to the back of the bus. I th- oh, I think that's worked. It's way off the ground. Go on, bus driver. Wait. It's a bit like the end of the Italian job, the first film. I think he's okay. He's left. Collective left the building. Oh, and then he goes crunching down again. Mm. That kind of sums up Connick's night, really. Yeah. A stuttering, stalling performance. The disco music continues at uh, Stadio Monigo. How, you know, at times, Connick, you know, we were getting excited in the commentary because they were breaking clear and there was lovely offloads and you were like, oh, they're going to score and then it all broke down. It, like, you know, you could, be, you could be fooled into thinking there's some great rugby there. There was, there, was. Some, there was some great individual pieces of play by various players at various times, but none of it was really linked together. Um, Fionn Carr had a really interesting ga- game, and he, you know, he showed bursts of speed and ingenuity and the sort of stuff we, he used to do maybe more in his first stint in Connacht. Yeah, but he didn't do much wrong, really. He didn't, but the problem was... He was then vainly looking around, hope, hoping to find somebody to pass the ball to. And that was just symptomatic of how disjointed the performance was. Yeah, lines of running on the shoulder. Even Cooney had a great game. At one stage, he was just running right behind her. didn't know where to go left or right. Everyone seemed to just off their traps a little bit. Well, that's to be you know, that's understandable given the fact that 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 backline has not played together very much recently. But the other one who did have some outstanding features of the game was Peter Robb, and he continues to develop. But, I mean, he suffered from exactly the same thing. Mm. And Prada, and all through the backline. And then there was a break, and Tiernan sort of, he rather threw the ball at uh, knee rather than trying to pass it at him. He should, I still think he should have probably have caught it. That would have been another one. It's just small things like that, but, but when, when they build up uh, incrementally that's what it, it gets you and you, you, all, you didn't always feel that they were going to get one chance but you could just see it happening in slow motion that you think they're, they're going to get one goal they're either going to get, they really should have had a drop goal opportunity down there and they butchered it because they didn't they actually overplayed when they were in that situation they, I think they were looking for a penalty and then they got their penalty Lindy doesn't realise we had Alan on Skype there for a while but uh, he said one thing he said was you know, Peter Fitzgibbon, we have a bad record with him, but I wouldn't blame him at all. One thing I would blame Peter Fitzgibbon for, though, was when we got up to their line, I think Blaine nearly scored, they killed the ball, they were off their feet, they turned it over while off their feet. That was a big moment. We win the game if we get that try. Do we score, though? I'd have, I'd have to say it again, because it was just one of the, Sometimes when you get those type of defensive plays, and one, one or two Connacht players are taking on maybe four or five... The All defensing, right. the defensive team, All if right. they get the ball, they're going to they get the ball, and that, right. even if they did it illegally, because they've just overturned what really did look a certain try. All right, fair enough. We'll leave it alone. Uh, yeah, we can't play. Well, at the same time, there were three penalties, and under normal circumstances, they weren't even warned. 
So those three penalties in the first half were Connacht well, were well, one trying to come back. Yeah. One, one was for the shoulder charge, and then there was another two penalties. In the lineup, yeah, in from the side. I think uh, their hooker came in from the side, and then and well, then interfered like in the wall. Rue was taken out in the air. Yeah, and you know none of those. I mean, there was no warnings uh, given to those players. No. There's none at all. So, yeah, there could be a few things that you might be frustrated with. But at the end of the day, their scrum had our scrum in all sorts of trouble. Yes, that was really their platform, wasn't it? Um, it was their platform for everything in the first half and the second half. And obviously the winning the winning penalty. And, and they went for it. And unfortunately, you know, it was the obvious thing that they were going to get a penalty from that scrum. And they, they knew that they were within distance of Haywood, you know, to kick. And he duly obliged. Say the listeners don't want to even dissect that game anymore. So Glasgow, one point win, we're back on track. Hey, one thing that then you had to rush off because you were fighting, uh, but Pat Lamb added in the press conference was, and when I was talking to him, and the listeners have heard it, is I said to him, you know, for all Connacht have achieved, playoffs, Champions Cup, is there a danger that a couple of performances like that right to finish the season could take the gloss off? He said, we're not going to play like that again. Straight out. Defiantly. He said that in the press conference this week that they weren't going to play like that or they had been forewarned from his very first meeting with Treviso two seasons ago when they lost and he said this was a different team and a different time and he was not going to mm. he, he did not envisage that Connacht would lose to Treviso on this occasion and if you think about it I don't think Treviso have lost to an Irish province since that loss in 2013. They haven't beaten an Irish province. Sorry, beaten an Irish province since 2013. And I think Pat Lamb is going to be very annoyed with his players and possibly, and possibly he might have to look, you know, he will come in for a fair share of criticism from some people for making too many wholesale changes to the team. Now, I've spoken to Jimmy Duffy and I've spoken to a few people about it and their attitude is that you know, they train to play and that this has always been a philosophy all season to bring players in. I suppose the argument is that they could afford to bring players like make wholesale changes for some of the European Challenge Cup matches, particularly against NSI and things like that, to give the lads experience. I'm not sure if there have been so many wholesale changes, particularly with players who actually haven't been in action for quite some time. And I'm wondering how much of a difference that did actually make. I think it made a big difference, actually, because they did look very disjointed. And they've just come here off the back of a two-week break. Mm. Um, didn't play One weekend off, a two-week break. Yeah, but they didn't play... You know, it's, 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 it's a long break in what is a very continuous and, and, and hard-hitting season. Mm. Um, personally, I'm puzzled why Robbie Henshaw didn't start. And I'm very surprised that John Cooney was taken off. I couldn't see why there was a necessity to take him off. He didn't seem to be injured. He was having a really good game. He has a good pass. He was he was organising things. I mean, look, coaches live and die by decisions. That's their job. And they're not always going to get it right. Um, maybe it was a step too far. And he's obviously lost two talisman players for this game. And Dennis Buckley uh, is a huge loss. And Bundyaki. Now, there's a potential that Bundyaki might have been rested for this because he has played a staggering amount of rugby. Um, but maybe... Look, you can argue the toss about it. All they can do now is 
they've got the bus moving, they can get on the plane tomorrow morning and they've got to hit the ground running again because Glasgow have just come off a 70 points to 10 or something walloping of Zebri. They are flying, they're absolutely flying and they're going to roll into the sports ground full of confidence and we're going to be under pressure in that game now but it's, it's a shootout game so... What if they smack us? What if they come in and do what teams like Exeter did last year? You know, just I don't, I don't think they'll do that in the sports ground, and I certainly don't think they'll do it after that performance out there today. I think it's going to be a very tough week for, for the Connaught players this week, and I think Pat will have them in the classroom, as he likes to call it, <laughs> going through every single piece of video footage Pat Lamb is a good one for the learnings that they take from it and usually you don't see two poor performances on the back straight after each other I wouldn't envisage that Maybe the perfect way to go into the Glasgow game rather than winning by a point no, <laughs> it's not the perfect way. That's Lose. such a commentator thing to say. It's, it's the perfect way. That we lost. We lost, and that's the way they're going to look at it. I, I don't think Glasgow. Ha- well, maybe they, maybe they do have a very. I mean, they have a decent pack. They have a good backline. It's just set up, and it's, it's, it's a sort of a do or die game. No extra pressure, is there? I don't think so. I think the, the there might be a, the, the expectation levels have maybe eased, eased out a little bit. Probably no harm. And there's a potential with the way results could go that you might finish up losing next week and actually get Leinster away rather than Glasgow because Glasgow will finish up playing Ulster because they'll top the table. If I mean, all those things are outside of our control. I think Pat knew that going into this match. I mean, he went into this match making those wholesale changes, knowing that all they needed was a point to qualify for the semi-finals. Job done. Yes, they did want a home semi-final. We all know that. But they have still achieved another milestone and... They have got through to the semi-final, so they've achieved that. Now it's up to the players, you know, to respond and to react next week against Glasgow. I mean, we're, we're still through to the semi-finals of this competition for the first time ever. I know, I know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy with this. It's just, this was a mess. This was a mess. Well, we're it, over. It, it was a disjointed flat. And I wouldn't say it was a characterless performance. It was a bit featureless. There was just too much headless yeah. running around. It was just lacking in the same structures and fluidity that that we've come to used to seeing. Isn't that the irony Connacht? of the rugby iconic plane? There's a lot of structure to the madness. Like there's a lot of structure to the attacking play. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And I think that was just we saw it a couple of times this season. You know that that you know on odd occasions when by new players came in or there were changes made and you know that someone was just like a, a step in front of someone when the pass went to hand but this was a little bit like that zebra game which was very open, unstructured mm. and it seems to suit the Italians much better than it seems to suit ourselves and let's remember you know, at the end of the day they were desperate and they showed their pride they brought in most of the Italian in, in, Italians internationals for this match, as in when I say the Italian internationals, young Italian players who haven't actually, there's six players on that side tonight that have only played less than 10 games this entire season, but they were brought in for this match because they have their forthcoming summer trip to the Americas, and this was basically for them also was a selection process. So, you know... There was, there was extra incentive for a lot of those players who came into that side tonight. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to impress Conor O'Shea going forward. Okay, listen, um, I think you have to appreciate too, we're, we're, we're just leaving the ground now and we're going to get back, get the taxis home, get some food. But we're just, this is the raw aftermath. By the time you're listening to this, folks, we'll all have had a chance to put more perspective on it. That's why I think you both did a good job and Alan did too. And just, just softening this a little bit because it is frustrating in the immediate aftermath. All of us were a bit angry. I think that little clip of us afterwards was like, what was that on the full-time whistle? But uh, bigger picture, playoffs achieved, phenomenal achievement. Champions Cup rugby, phenomenal achievement. And if we have to lose a game in Treviso to learn a few things, then so be it. And there's just one thing. I would feel very, very sorry for Zebra. Because if we have actually... Well, well they, still got, they still got the Dragons in the last game, whereas Treviso are going to get pumped by Leinster, so yes, they might still if, get there. If they did miss out, I would hate to think that it was Connacht that consigned Zebra. Especially since Zebra beat Treviso twice. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I would feel very sorry for them right now. I don't feel sorry for them because neither of them should be in the Champions Cup in the, in the logical world. But then, do we want to do that to Italian rugby? I don't know. Oh, that's, that's, that's coming. There's going to be... So, I, I think you'll finish up with a situation very soon that the leading Italian club will finish up in a playoff against whoever finishes 7th in the Pro 12 for the place. They can't just walk in to a Champions Cup list by winning three matches or four matches in a season or... You know, when they shouldn't get in though having to play off with a team to finish just five plays ahead. No, well, that, well, that, that's an issue. Oh, but I mean, yeah. I mean, but a one-off playoff game played at that, the seeing the finish is seventh home ground would be a fairer result, and it would actually just say, right, if you really want to do this, you've, you've got to actually go and win away. So, so we're looking at the bigger picture, aren't we? Well, they are looking at the bigger picture, the Pro 12, bigger picture of Italian rugby and where it's at, and trying to develop it. And I can understand why it has been done, but at the same time, I totally agree that you know. They have finished year on year on year at the bottom two teams in the Pro 12 and they are still... It does seem extremely unfair that they go through to the Champions Cup. Maybe Conor O'Shea will shake things up in the Italian Rugby Federation. Who knows? He's got a big job to do. But, I mean, it can only be for the betterment of Italian of Italian rugby if that does happen. So we wrote off uh, Treviso last week. Oh, oh, no, we didn't. You see, what we were saying I, last no, week... I did. I, yeah, wrote, yeah. I wrote them off. I called them crap. Yeah. And I still think they are pretty much crap I'm afraid that's you don't just because you've lost a game doesn't mean you can say well they're great uh, and that's really what's going to hurt yeah they're just, they didn't show enough in the last 20 minutes no. they made too many mistakes when they could have beaten us well, themselves well, they, well, and they, then we gifted them a chance and yeah. fair play they took it but, great character but well I've said it earlier on but that's an issue for the future we have to start looking at these we've had too many of these this season okay. these type of games that you don't close out you're 14-0 up here you should be thinking right bonus point win game over we're going to do it well, I kind of disagree with you there William in the sense that you know how many games have we actually lost this season so uh, no, I'm ha- no I'm talking about the games that we lose by a point or two Glasgow away, Breve away, Cardiff away, Cardiff Scarlets away. away. There's a lot of games that have a very similar trend to them. So two, I big, two big leads. Uh, but I think you made a really good point earlier, and just to reiterate it, because Lindley didn't hear it, he, he was making the point that a lot of these are going to be learnings for next season. You know, they haven't messed up this season, William was saying, no. but they are a problem that will need to be addressed in, in the classroom. And that's and there's and there's, I don't I don't have an issue with that yeah. at all because at the end of the day, if we had if we had been fighting today, like. Treviso or for a place in the Champions Cup next season, you know, we'd, we'd, mm. we, we might have good reason to be very cross and very angry. I think our expectation levels have risen. Everybody's expectations levels have, written, have, have risen about what this Connacht team can do because it is top of the table. It's going to happen. They're going to fall off the, off, you know, off the wagon sometime, so to speak. But I still think that we should be extremely proud of where Connacht are at 
and it's through their good work that we do have this high expectation of them and it's through their good work that we actually feel so disappointed um, rather than angry, I would use, um, at the way that they have lost this evening. Okay, so just to update on the bus driver, we've worked out how he did it. What he did was, without taking the players off the bus, in fairness to him, because we were like, why doesn't he just take the He moved them all down to the back of the bus to put the pressure in the back of the bus, and that's allowed it to go over the ramp. That was pretty clever driving. It was. I just think that needed to It took him about uh, three goes to, to work it out, though. <laughs> you know, the player's like, why, why do we have to go down? What? <laughs> take your headphones off, go down to the back of the bus. Okay, so uh, final thoughts? Any other business slash, slash final thoughts? Um, big game in Belfast tomorrow will be very interesting to see how that goes listeners will know they will yeah Um, it'll tell us probably a lot about uh, where Ulster Rugby is at the moment and there's still a lot to play for next Saturday is going to be a big sellout game and uh, And it's not the last game of the season no it's not it certainly isn't and Munster tonight it's great we've possibly got all four provinces in the Champions Cup next yeah. season. Great yeah. result for Munster. Yeah. Nobody wants to see them lose. No. They've been... Stop smiling, William. No, no. Nobody wants no, to see I was an Irish... jump in there. So the... Nobody yeah, wants he... to see an Irish... I think, it's, I think it's an exceptional achievement if all four provinces get into next year's Champions Cup, and I think it's brilliant. OK, I agree. It's good. I'm not sure it's an exceptional achievement. It just says more about the Pro 12 being bad if they can sneak in, but that's... William, is that's, that harsh? That's the na- nature of the competition. They got in. That's good. That's good for Irish rugby. William, you're happy. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm ecstatic. No, look, it, uh, I, I'm just a bit sick of the way it's been shoved down our throat all week. We, we went back on to... Uh, Oh, monster crisis! Everybody has to be worried about this, and, and yeah, I'm oh, not worried if they go in the challenge. No, cup. no, I mean, if, if they get in, well done. Because if, if, if they yeah. go in the challenge cup, it's because they weren't good enough. Exactly, but they've got a result tonight. They've they've ground out a 2019 win yeah. to them, and they have a lot of challenges. I think they've identified the challenges. Whether they're ready to make the changes or not is the next issue, but I think they now know what the problems I are. Do, I don't know if they're definitely there yet, either. There's still some work No, to I think there's, 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 there's stuff to do, but I think they have the Scarlets at home Yeah, so they need, probably need to win there. Yeah. yeah, and the Scarlets, I mean, they, they could win. So yeah, look, it's all in the air. We know where we are, and we just have to get ready for Saturday. We're in the playoffs. Be happy about that, folks. See you next week.